The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. I'm a very happy and excited Bonnie D. Graham today. This is our part one of Crystal Ball 2014. I call it the Crystal Ball on steroids. Why? Because at the end of the show, I usually say put your seatbelt on. I'm going to give you that advice right now. I have over a dozen guests lined up to share their best predictions for 2014 with you. If you needed a crystal ball to predict what's coming down the pike for your business, your industry, your marketplace, your world, I've got it right here. These are people who've been on the programs during the year. They're all right now gazing into the SAP Game Changers Radio Crystal Ball. They're going to give you insights you will not find anywhere else, I promise you. So pour a cup of Joe, a cup of Earl, a glass of OJ or Dom, whatever you can afford, and join us at the Game Changers table for smart business talk and good cheer on part one of our year-end Game Changers prediction special. Let's get the party started. I will do very quick intros and then we're going to hear their voices. First segment, I'm going to be welcoming Ray Wong from Constellation. He's a principal analyst and CEO of Constellation Research Group and author of the popular enterprise blog, A Software Insider's Point of View, and he has millions of page views a year. If you don't know where it is, find it and bookmark it. Deb, Deb Smallwood is joining us, founder of Strategy Meets Action, SMA, a strategic advisory services firm that helps insurers make wise tech investments and maximize business value through technology. Jill McGillan is joining us best known for her weekly work advice column, Ask Jill, and she founded the San Francisco-based Next Turn in 2001 to share her passion for leadership training and team building. Rounding out the panel is my favorite guy called Carl's dad. He's Carl's favorite dad. Jamie Anderson is Global VP of Product Marketing for SAP's line of business customer solutions. He's got over 15 years of CRM experience, so let's get started. Everybody say hello first together. Ray, Deb, Jamie, Jill, everybody say hi. Hello. Hi there. Hi. I love it. It's a party. Now it's a party. Ray Wong, I'm going to give you two minutes on the clock. Ray, I know you've got that crystal ball polished off. It's probably Steuben or something equally chic. What do you see? What can you share with us for 2014? Ray Wong, go. Big things. 2014, we're seeing this is the age of digital business. All that stuff we've been talking about, mobile and social and cloud and big data and video, it's been converged. And what people are trying to do is figure out how do they wrap their hands around this. It's not just one thing. It's the combination of all those. And so this digital business shift is big, and it's actually changing the way we sell products. Actually, we don't sell products because buyers are looking for experiences and outcomes. And so along with all that, it changes the way we look at you know, how we interact. 
And so we're shifting from engagement to personalization at scale. And what does that mean? Well, basically what we're trying to do is get things to maybe a one-to-one capability. I don't know if we're going to get there, but that's Mm -hmm. one area where people are trying to take something like context and make things more relevant. Why? We are completely overloaded with tons of information, but we need to get to a point of relevancy so people will interact and engage and people find some value. Um, And then the other thing is everyone's talking about big data. And Big data is kind of nice. It's you use it, you put it to work. But the real point is really how do we take that data, grab those insights, take those insights and take them into action. And the big thing next year will be about democratizing that data so people can use it and apply it in any kind of everyday decision making. So what happens in a doctor's office, what you do in terms of making a purchasing decision, what happens you know, with how you hire or recruit. And so we're going to see that infused in all these different areas. So I'll leave a break here. Ray, uh, democratization, just tell me quickly, is that within the organization and does what you're predicting apply to companies of all sizes, from startups through the low end, mid end, high end of SMEs and all the way up to what I like to call the behemoth enterprises? Ray, democratization, just give me briefly an explanation. Yes, especially in terms of inside organizations, helping the frontline worker to be able to make a decision, helping someone on the shop floor figure out when to pull something off the line. These are the things that are going to happen uh, across the board. Now, with that information and, and how does that information get pushed out, a lot of this is really helping people make better decisions. And you're going to see that shift happen. And all this is driving to actually the last thing probably I should have added was the chief digital officer. There is something. There's a notion of a role there. Not every organization going to have one, but this whole digital business transformation is going to be infused inside all the different organizations. CDO, Chief Digital Officer, there's a new job to apply for. Jill, you can talk about that on one of your Ask Jill columns. Let's turn to, thanks Ray, don't go away, Deb Smallwood, founder of Strategy Meets Action, better known as SMA. Deb, what do you see in the crystal ball for 2014, please? Well, I'm seeing something big and bold for the insurance industry. It's going to be the year of transformation and innovation in Yes, the insurance industry that everyone thinks is an old, traditional, starchy industry, we're going to see a tipping point where transformation and innovation is really going to take hold and gain momentum. We're going to see many insurers embark, embrace, capitalize on these concepts and really respond to um, what Ray was just talking about, the external demand and changes of the 21st century and begin a journey towards a future state, a state where they can customize and bundle products for all of us. They'll flip their lenses so they're looking at from the customer experience inward instead of from internally out. Three, they'll create fluid and agile business models and scalable organization structures. And last, they're going to shift from a physical environment, physical buildings, physical offices, physical data centers to virtual infrastructures and telecommunicating. And why are we going to experience this? Well, the insurance industry has finally... Uh, they're ready to move beyond their core system investments. For the past five, six years, they've been spending all their money on policy billing claims. And now about two-thirds of the industry already has these modern systems or they're in the process of implementing. Second is 
They're going to shift their focus now and be able to optimize their business processes and really take advantage of those significant investments. And last, they're finally going to be able to leverage some of the new technologies, cloud, analytics, big data, mobile, onto these core platforms that's really going to enable them to innovate and transform. So I'm absolutely excited for the insurance industry in 2014. Thank you, Deb Smallman. I think the big thing is that they're going to be looking at the customer experience. Who are our clients? What do they need? And not just, hey, we're an insurance company. This is what we got to do. Let's just go out and sell policy renewals. It's time for insurers to give the customers a good experience. I rest my case. Thanks, Deb. And I know your colleague, Mark Brading, is going to be on one of our future predictions episodes. Can't wait to hear him as well. And let's turn to Jamie Anderson, Global VP of Product Marketing for SAP's LOB customer solutions. Jamie, what do you see in that crystal ball? Wow. Well, I was going to say so many things to be kind of excited about. You know, I've looked at, you know, the expansion of mobile commerce, which we're seeing, you know, rapidly accelerating after, you know, this year's Black Friday. I think it was up, you know, significantly on last year, almost, you know, um, almost 25% year-on-year growth there. I think, you know, picking up on what Ray said, I think we're entering um, I think in 2014 we're going to enter an environment where one-to-one engagement right. quickly becomes the table stakes. We've seen massive consolidation around the marketing automation space happen in 2013. I think one-to-one and the way that's going, this can, kind of contextual customer engagement will become table stakes. However, all of this comes with a bit of a warning. And I think that w- warning has pretty much been driven by... Um, you know, the kind of massive own goal that the NSA scored this year for uh, for tech companies. And I think, you know, I don't think we've quite seen the backlash of that yet or the impact of it. But what I see is, you know, you know, in 2014, consumers increasingly <coughs> prioritizing privacy over sharing, you know, information and where that information is shared. How that manifests itself, I'm still not entirely sure. But I think that there's a kind of shift from you know, the kind of persistent um, nature of social media that happens on Facebook and Twitter. By persistent, I mean, you know, the way that social media has defined this kind of story that what happens in Vegas might stay in Vegas, but what you do on Facebook lives forever. I think it's that kind of thing that's scary Mm -hmm. to consumers. And I think what's been interesting is the, you know, the rise of things like Snapchat. So I'm wondering if we're going to see this kind of Snapchat-style engagement with the enterprise, with the consumer starts to begin to become more comfortable with an enterprise that will engage with them in the moment, contextually around the needs that they have, but not want to persist information. They might not want to share information beyond that particular transaction. So I think it's going to be a very interesting time, and I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of things that come out of that. Thank you very much, Jamie. And that's a lesson to teach to your kids. What stays on, what's on Facebook is forever and everybody can find it forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Jamie. Jill McGillan, Next Turn Consulting. What do you see in the crystal ball? Jill, talk to me. Well, we're talking a lot about technology this morning, and um, with technology making such dramatic advances over the last five years, I think organizations are going to keep focusing on having team members up to date on the technological advances. So the change within the business to do that can often cause resistance, and that is where interpersonal skills are really necessary for employees to be adaptable, flexible, and collaborative. 
So the one thing that's constant is change, and I, I'm seeing how training can be a conduit for change. I think in 2014 we'll see more courses in interpersonal skills, which are no longer really considered fluffy or non-measurable because basically three reasons. One, training companies are delivering to a higher standard. Um, their com- organizations are already realizing the value of having a strong communication and collaborative culture. And finally, employees really appreciate working for a company that invests in them. So learning and development combined with technology really facilitates organizations to bring employees, managers, and executives together in both educational and collaborative environment. Um, for the delivery of the courses, though, e- it, that there'll be some changes. E-learning and video conferencing will increase due to the increasing amount of virtual workers and busy schedules. Uh, this will build on the concept of anytime communication via the cloud. We'll see more devices that will be enhanced and introduced to train on leadership, influencing, and interpersonal skills. Training will enhance the investment in employees, and it will add value to both themselves and the, in, in the company. <clears throat> in 2014, I see forward-seeking businesses adopting a stronger culture of flexible learning, career mm-hmm. development, and collaboration. Jill, you said that companies want to know that their employer is investing in them in their career. Is there a trust mm-hmm. issue? I can give you 30 seconds to answer that. Are we seeing more trust, especially in terms of young people coming in to the workforce saying, I want a company that cares about me. I want a career path. How do you create that trust from the employer to the employee? Quickly, go. Well, I think it's what they do, what they do, what the, the, you know, doing what they say. So spending money by investing on professional growth is one tangible way. And I think you you hit the nail on the mark there in terms of the, the new generation. They want to see companies investing in their professional mm-hmm. development. Okay. Jill McGillan. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jamie Anderson. Thank you, Deb Smallwood. Thank you, Ray Wong. Guess what? Part two is coming up. I have four people on the line waiting to give their predictions. After the break, we're going to be talking to Brian S. Summer from TechVentive. I see he's already tweeting back and forth with Ray Wong. Live, baby, live. Thanks for that, Ray. Yes, we are. Uh, we have Pat Saparito from SAP, John Edelman from Edelman PR, and Brian Barnier from Value Bridge Advisors. I think they can hear my voice while they're on hold right now. I'm going to wish you all the best of everything good in the holidays and let's check in during 2014 and see if your predictions come to pass happy everything ray wong deb smallwood jamie anderson jill mcgillan hugs and kisses from sap game changers radio thanks we'll talk to you soon bye brad let's take a break and let's get the next gang on the air we're going to go out for a second don't even think of touching that app that mouse that dial we'll be right back brad out business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. 
SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, part two of our part one of 2014 predictions here on the Crystal Ball on Steroids on SAP Game Changers Radio. This segment I'm going to present to you Brian S. Summer, the founder of TechVentive. He helps tech firms win more, win better, and win conclusively in the marketplace. Brian likes to say he has a unique mixture of serious technology expertise, thousands of hours working with Fortune 500 top execs, and a rock-solid marketing background. Joining him will be Pat Saparito, Senior Director in the Global Center of Excellence for Analytics at SAP, John Edelman, Managing Director, Global Engagement and Corporate Responsibility at Edelman PR, the world's largest PR firm, and Brian Barnier, the co-founder of ValueBridge Advisors, analyzing corporate performance and risk to valuation. He makes market commentaries from the NASDAQ market site and the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Woohoo! Brian S. Summer, welcome, and let's get the party started. What are your predictions for us? Two minutes on the clock. Brian Summer, go. All right. Well, I think uh, a big one this year is going to be. I think it'll be a breakout year for data, um, big data and big data analytics and the like. And we'll see some really good and bad kind of things emerge this year. Uh, and that's because a lot of companies are going to realize that their internal transaction data is just no longer the center of the universe. You know, things where you can learn everything you ever want to know about a business from looking at its general ledger are over with. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of companies trying to experiment with big data, third-party data, triangulating data. They're going to be meshing all this stuff together with their ERP uh, systems data, and they're going to find, you know, some really cool things. Uh, they'll get some incredible results and in, in the like out of it. But I think we're also going to see some downside to this. I think a bunch of them are going to stub their toes, and they mm. might do something like uh, Target did in a New York Times piece that came out a while back where Target was mailing coupons to pregnant shoppers, except they didn't notice in one particular case that the shopper was only 15 years old and still living at home with her parents. Uh, So what we're dealing with now is an all-new kind of frontier for businesses to get into. Uh, There are no rules. Uh, Nothing's really been written or codified right now. So I think there are going to be surprises that we're going to be seeing pop up in the news uh, with great frequency throughout 2014. That's the wrong kind of newsmaker. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the wrong kind of making news, right, Brian? You don't want to make news for the wrong, yeah, wrong yeah, target. That's not where you want to be, um, no. And that also calls into question how companies have to be agile on their toes, very flexible and vigilant about social media to undo the boo-boos and the oops if they do make a gaffe and misstep. Would you agree with that, Brian? I would, and it's probably going to be the kind of thing John's company is going to make a fortune off of, uh, which is helping companies uh, navigate through all this kind of stuff uh, in the very near future. Very good. A quick personal question. Brian, are you drinking your warm Dr. Pepper for breakfast today? Everybody wants to know. Uh, it's not warm. It's actually ice cold. I opened oh, the window good. and put it out on the sill this morning because uh, it's much colder outside than my refrigerator is. Uh, so that's Thank how you, I Brian. cool down my I... Waco belly wash. 
I'm glad. I hope you pay the electric bill. Pat Saparito, <laughs> Senior Director, Global Center of Excellence for Analytics. Pat, welcome to our coffee break predictions on steroids. Pat, what do you see in terms of business performance for 2014? Talk to me. All right. Well, I'm right with Brian about um, about big data. Uh, 2013 was all about the hype, and this year is about the data. The company, this is about the year the companies get really serious about it. Um, so I'm saying it's back to basics on one level because they're going to have to really start to, you know, go back to addressing data management um, and uh, and the basic foundational things, including um, I heard a on the other, uh, prior call, it's a segment that you had, Bonnie, somebody talking about training. So it's all about driving that culture and increasing um, user adoption, enabling people to use the analytics to turn the big data into big value. I also see it being the year of the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer, um, leveraging all of the new data from big data around the social media, the external data that Brian mentioned. Um, and also, I think this could really be the breakout year for the Chief Analytics Officer, so the torchbearer who's really going to help this um, come, um, big data become reality. Thank you very much. Pat, quick question for you. Will we still be calling it big data by the end of 2014? That's a question that comes up from time to time on Game Changers Radio. What do you predict? I don't think so. I mean, I think people are really, frankly, there's so much fatigue around big data. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it will just be analytics, right? Uh, It might become insight, whatever the latest buzzword is, but big data is getting tired. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, Pat. John Edelman, Brian Summer, was talking to you, Managing Director, Global Engagement, Corporate Responsibility at Edelman PR. Excuse me, John, what do you see coming down the pike? And be sure to hit on social networking, social media for big companies that might make that misstep. Talk to me, John. Okay. Well, um, my uh, prediction is about the corporate responsibility and sustainability have been moving from a nice-to-have to a must-have, and one of the greatest reflections of that is the high level of stakeholder expectations that, and people are reflecting this in social media and other outlets, that there's a high stakeholder expectation on accountability for responsibly managing your environmental impacts, and that's indicated by there's, I'm predicting that natural capital, which is a reflection of externalities, is going to be integrated into corporate reporting and disclosure. There's, uh, not only is it the scientific research from the climate change report about 95 percent certainty that there's a human cause of uh, climate change, but also even companies voluntarily are already setting their own internal tax on on carbon pollution like Walt Disney, Google, others uh, in advance because they're anticipating that there may be carbon tax, which is happening in some countries already. And then on top of that, there's multi-stakeholder engagement around this issue, which includes um, the University of Cambridge has actually created a, a evaluation for this natural capital, uh, along with other companies like Mondelez, Nestle's, and Kingfisher. And and so I think this is the year that the sustainability and, corp- and natural capital is going to be integrated into the expectation and and the social me- and and this is also social media going to that point you know people mm-hmm. are aware of what's happening they track what's happening so it's very important to, to monitor how you're doing on these issues and then be transparent because in the earlier segment there was a large, large conversation about trust or lack of trust and that continues yes. to be an issue more than ever you know that the societal impacts you know there's a greater trust to building societal 
in making an impact on your societal rather than your operational impacts, and that all relates to the trust, uh, as, as we've talked about, because that's the key thing that people are looking for, that you're doing good and making a contribution, you know, to making a difference positively. Thank you, John. And it's also come out, I was talking to Jill McGillan in the last segment, uh, Next Turn Consulting, about the issue of trust. A question for you quickly before we turn to Brian Barnier. Uh, John Edelman, do companies that promote and talk about, without bragging, but talk about the transparency of their corporate responsibility, their CSR programs, do they tend to be more trustworthy in the eyes of the younger generation coming into the workforce? Because we've talked about that on previous shows where the younger generation isn't just looking for a good paycheck and a nice title and a great cubicle. They're looking for a company that is doing good. So is that part of hiring the best and the brightest, as we like to say, John? Well, from experience, before I became involved with the corporate responsibility, I was involved in, in the global human resources. The number one issue that people were asking, you know, 10, 15 years ago, what are you doing? How can I improve with training? But now, you know, younger generation and millennials are asking, how are you making a difference in the world? And it's a competitive advantage to talk positively and be transparent about what you're doing proactively on these issues because it's an expectation. You know, the young generation, all people want to make a positive difference wherever they're working. It's across all, you know, levels and age groups. But the key thing is making a positive difference, and, and they expect companies to provide that and also be transparent about making a positive impact and how they're doing it, being transparent on the environmental, social issues, and, and, and so, the, so I think it's all integrated. Thank you. I like that. Brian Barnier, co-founder of Value Bridge Advisors, analyzing corporate performance and risk to valuation. Brian, thanks for calling. What are your predictions? What do you see coming down the pike? Any stock tips or dare I ask? Brian Barnier, go. Hey, Bonnie. Well, let's stay in, in your field here. You're about game changers on the show. And the thing is, when we look and we predict the future, in the economic data and the demographic data, it's not a good future the next 10, 20 years. Mm. Battled with debt, dropping wages and salaries, all kinds of problems that are out there that, you know, whether for the individual on the street who's struggling to spend in, in, at this holiday shopping season or for the investor trying to buy something, it's not a good picture. So the thing is, how can your audience sort of change that, that game so that we take this prediction that's not looking very good right now and turn that around? And you can make this very personal, too, because if you're a CIO listening to this, you think, you know, if somebody like Brian comes in and buys my company or we get merged together, how much of what I'm doing in my IT shop is going to survive versus getting cut? What's differentially better? What is driving top line? And that's the area that we try to focus on with people to say what's that difference and what's going to make that happen. And that's why, you know, you just talked a bit about big data, and I, I, I often call it big lazy data, because so much of mm. what I see out there, I'd kill in an instant. It's put in some bright, shiny software, run a bunch of correlations, and they tell me what. <laughs> Nothing, because people aren't understanding the business model. And so CIOs, some of them who are very engaged in business, can get more driven into the business model, but not all of them have to. Some can just be efficient operators, which is why one of the important ways that they can try to change the game is to really think about the business IT model. What's needed to grow top line? I don't care about cost cutting. I can get a monkey to cut costs. I need top-line revenue growth creativity. And how does that play with what we're doing in our organization? And that's why also shift out of this administrative kind of tech stuff. We need that growth stuff. I love the announcement out a few days ago from these professors up at Michigan Technical U Technological University. Open source 3D printer in metal. Is that not cool? Taking a half a million dollars down to 1,500 in parts. 
that's some serious innovation that we have not been seeing for a while. That's the kind of thing that we can make use of. Anything here, this sounds real sci-fi for you, Bonnie. Anything that compresses time-space, that's great. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'm going to ask, anybody has a parting word here? I have one minute left. I'll split it among the four of you. Brian S. Summer, buzzword for 2014. Quick, go. I was going to say uh, strategery, but uh, I know uh, that's been done to death. No, that's I, I okay. It's, it's breakout, yeah. breakout ideas. That's what's going to really drive things in business. I like that. Pat Saparito, word for 2014. What's your buzzword? Design thinking for innovation. I love it. John Edelman, buzzword for 2014. I think... Uh, Integrated uh, reporting. Okay, good. And Brian Barnier, boy, you were really rocking it today. Brian Barnier, buzzword for 2014. I'm not in buzzwords, Bonnie. You know that. I'm about growing top line, growing good companies, growing jobs, growing people. Okay, growing, growth, that's going to be your word. Terrific. Brian S. Summer, Pat Saparito, John Edelman, Brian Barnier. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish you happy, wonderful, merry, healthy, happy, safe, warm, dry, everything. And we'll talk to you again in the new year. And for my listeners, we've got four more lined up. We're going to be speaking next with Brent Leary from CRM Essentials. It's been too long since he's been on the show. Steve Bose from HR Happy Hour. We're going to find out if we're going to be happy with HR in the next year. Jen Cohen-Crompton, blogger extraordinaire. She He's been blogging and saying she's going to be talking about sports and technology and weekend warriors. Can't wait. And Jason Rose of SAP. Too long since he's been on the show. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to our Crystal Ball 2014 on steroids. Go take a break. One minute. You want to come right back and hear what we have for you after the half. Brian S., Pat S., John E., and Brian B. Happy, wonderful. Thanks for calling in. We'll be right back. Brad out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. It's Crystal Ball 2014 on steroids, as I like to say. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're still Coffee Break with Game Changers, fast and furious today. What great words of wisdom. This segment, I'm going to be speaking with Brent Leary, the co-founder and partner of CRM Essentials, LLC, an Atlanta-based CRM advisory firm. His next book, The Amazon Effect, How a New Customer Culture is Creating Crazy New Business Opportunities and Killing Companies That Won't Adapt, is due out next year. We'll talk to him in a minute. Steve Bose is the co-chair of Human Resource Executive 
Executive Magazine's HR Technology Conference, and he's the host of the popular radio show, HR Happy Hour. I love that. Jen Cohn Crompton is CEO of Something Creative, a content marketing agency that researches and provides content on tech-related topics, including big data, cloud analytics, mobility, and she loves sports. So guys, listen up to this one. And Jason Rose is head of business intelligence, BI solution marketing at SAP, leading go-to-market activities. And I want to thank all of you for calling in, especially on time. Let's get the party started. Brent Leary, what do you see coming down the pike? Let's just keep the crystal ball focused on the year 2014. Go, Brent. Okay. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm writing a book called The Amazon Effect. So one of the things I think is going to have a big impact on 2014 is the Amazon Mayday button. If anybody knows about the latest Kindle Fire HDX, and I'm sure you've seen the commercials, uh, they have a little button you push, and within 15 seconds, a pleasant face comes up and says, Hi, my name is Amy, if her name is Amy, and says, How may I help? <laughs> and then they can send the whole experience 24-7 whenever you have a problem. You can push that button, and you get somebody helping you right on the spot. That's going to put a lot of pressure on companies to up their game when it comes to customer service and support. 2014 is going to be a huge year for that kind of experience. Speaking of experience, I think... 2014 is going to be the year that experience is actually treated as being king, not content or context. You need content or in context to create great experiences, but it's all about the experience. It's like going to a doctor's office saying, hey, I'm, I'm hurting. Here are my symptoms. The doctor says, oh, that's great. I know what your problem is, and then sending you a bill and sending you on your way without helping you. So none of that is important unless you create great experiences around that. So I think we're going to see a lot more focus on that. And then mobile-first business models start to go deeper and deeper into the millisecond economy. I, you know, I've been on before, and we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. how speed is the important factor here, and if you don't have speed, you don't have much else going on. So mobile-first business models are really picking up, and one is a company like Hotel Tonight that basically has, is changing the way that people book their uh, hotel stays. Me and I used to do that weeks and months in advance. Now people are waiting mm-hmm. to the last second. And now you have an application like Hotel Tonight. It's just mobile. You, you can't do it otherwise on a mobile device. And every 9 a.m. they get these last-second deals from all the relationships you have with these hotels, and then they make them available to people who have their mobile app, and then you can book them. And you get that only for the, you know, the night you know, of that day that you're getting that, that fare. You're going to see more and more of these kinds of things taking place in 2014 and beyond. And the last thing is, uh, you know, speed. Everybody's going to have to pick up the pace and be faster because customers, you know, they're changing their behaviors, expectations, and, and things that they're doing so quickly that you're going to have to pick up the pace in order to stay up with them. Brent, is this going to be a mantra for big companies only, or can the mid-sized and smaller SMEs follow what you're saying? Will they have the wherewithal, the bandwidth, the infrastructure, the staff, to pick up the speed and to focus on a true experience? Do they get it quickly, Brent? What do you think? Yeah, because they're able to create business models that are more flexible, agile, interactive, and responsive. And, and if they keep that you know, in, their, in, the, in the forefront, they'll be able to do this stuff. I think it's going to be tougher for them, the big companies, that turn on a dime than it is for small companies to, to pick up the pace. 
Interesting. Thank you. I was inside out on that one. Steve Bose, co-chair of Human Resource Executive Magazine's HR Tech Conference and the host of HR Happy Hour. Are you happy, Steve Bose? Tell me your predictions. 2014, go. Sure. Uh, thanks very much, Bonnie. I think uh, mm-hmm. in the space that I'm interested in and I cover, which is HR and HR technologies, one thing I think we'll see much, much more of in 2014 is uh, something I'm calling uh, a trend of stop trusting your gut so much. And, and by that, I mean uh, a, a an increase in the use of data and analytical tools to, for traditional HR processes like hiring decisions, assessment of the likelihood of high or low performance, to be able to predict events in the organization like whether or not an employee is likely to resign uh, mm-hmm. and the factors that would lead up to that decision and, and systems that will also suggest kind of remedial or, or interventions that the organization can take in order to prevent these things. Uh, you know, we've got a, you've got a high performer and, and the data suggests that that high performer is at risk for resigning, you can take an intervention and maybe the, and, and the systems are getting smart enough to suggest what intervention to take, whether it's a, a transfer to a new job, a promotion, a bonus, that kind of thing. I think we'll see more and more and more of that. Going a little bit further, I think, uh, and an example I'll give you, which is probably one of the most interesting ones I read about all year, was the the, the ability to combine this HR information like uh, time in, in a position or salary, time spent with a supervisor, with operational information. And the example I have is from a trucking company. There's a major trucking company that does predictive analysis on whether or not drivers are at greater risk of being involved in a crash. And they're mashing up data from the truck itself, from the route, mm-hmm. from the braking, from how fast or slow the truck is being driven. And they're mashing that up with some of the HR data that they have, things like that, that I mentioned, whether or not the employee needs a raise, they had, had a mm-hmm. bonus, they've had some disciplinary actions maybe on their record. And they're combining that together in order to predict whether or not the employee is likely to get into a crash, which is a really costly event for the company, and they want to, wow. they want to stop that from happening in advance. So I think we're going to see more and more and more of that uh, next year and going forward. So there's my two minutes, Bonnie. That's my, that's my crystal ball for next year. Thank you, Steve. And I have a quick question before we turn to Jen. Steve, you talked about predicting whether an employee is going to leave. It sounds a little bit like big brother, big sister. They're not sitting there and, and taking note of every expression on your face and every phone call you make and every tweet you do. But what is the what is the depth? Is there any intrusion, any intrusion there where they're watching everything you do? Or is it just based on, on data, on statistics and not personal reactions? Just quickly answer me, please. Yeah, I think you know, the initial application of these kind of technologies are the former, more straight-up mm-hmm. HR type of data that you find in any HR system and any workforce okay. management system. I think going forward, though, quite frankly, Bonnie, you'll see more and more of that analysis of emails, analysis of internal social network traffic, perhaps, perhaps even analysis of external social network traffic as well. I think, Ooh, uh, okay. I was afraid you were going to go. I was hoping you were going to say I was wrong. Steve, thank you. Jen Cohen-Crompton, CEO of Something Creative. Jen, let's turn to sports and technology. What have you got for 2014? Get us excited here, Jen. Go. Yeah, so I think in 2014 it's going to be all about technology and how it impacts human performance. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, looking at it in two different ways. One is with sports teams. So sports teams are using data right now and using technology to collect player performance data um, and looking at it to better train their teams, to make sure teams are performing at their optimum, um, getting the right players for the team to make sure that, you know, they're winning. So we look at some of the teams like the 76ers that are focused on analytics um, when it comes to basketball. They're looking at building a team based on the numbers. 
Um, so I think more teams are going to adapt and they're going to adopt that strategy. And it's going to be, you know, that money ball effect. We're going to be looking at data scientists to be part of sports teams to help recruit better. Um, and then when it comes down to individuals, um, our weekend warriors, people who are interested in tracking their own behavior, we're all interested in how our bodies are performing and, and how we can make changes to some of our habits. Um, so I think that that biofeedback is going to continue to be important to individuals um, and that wearable market is going to continue to grow. So I don't think the future is in Google Glass, um, you know, which is supposed to make it more convenient for you to walk around and bat your eyelashes and take photographs and all the fun stuff of Google Glass. I don't think it's there. I think it's more in the wearable market right now where, um, you know, you can put a product on your wrist and you can monitor your heart rate. There's a new product that's coming out soon, um, and it's called Basis, and I think it was just released. And really it's about tracking your everyday behaviors and figuring out how you can make changes to be healthier, um, to move more, to be more active, also looking at your heart rate, um, which can help you be a little bit proactive in your health. And if you notice that something is off, you can go to the doctors, you can be preventative, and you can make sure that you really know your body and you can that can lead to better health longevity, you know, everything that you want. So I think wearables are going to continue to evolve. Um, there's going to be more innovative type wearables that are going to come out. Um, you know, they're going to be smaller, faster, better. Um, and I also think, you know, being a woman, they need to start focusing on the market for women, you know, women that are interested in these technologies and these products. And just making it pink, you know, doesn't make it for women. Um, we need to look at different things when it comes to our biofeedback. So that's pretty much, you know, where I see that that going in terms of our human performance, biofeedback, um, and looking at new types of wearables. Thank you, Jen. And, you know, one thing would be interesting uh, if we had those predictive devices, those monitoring devices that would talk about to us, give us feedback on men's heart rates and women's heart rates when they're watching sports. What happens to that heart rate? What happened to that excitement value? We want to know about that. Jason Rose, I have plenty of time for you. Jason heads business intelligence solution marketing at SAP. Jason, welcome. Talk to me. What do you see coming down the pike in 2014 for BI? Anything really exciting, Jason? Well, thanks, Bonnie. And I don't think I could have asked for a better setup than Steve and Jen, who both hit on predictive and analytics as being critical to both HR and the uh, sporting wearable world. I think it all revolves around a better understanding of the world around us, uh, frankly, and, and making those connections between different sets of data. I like to think of it as um, in the BI market, we've seen a whole proliferation of tools lately. Uh, but I like a, a quote, um, you know, a fool with a tool is still a fool. Um, so ultimately what I see and, and what I heard shine through in Steve and Jen's uh, commentary wasn't so much the predictive or the analytics piece, but the actually uh, applied uh, aspect of analytics within each one of those scenarios. So I see 2014 is the year where uh, embedded and business scenario trumps uh, tool. And really we get back to a focus on, on methodology and adding uh, business value above the tools arms race that seems to be going on um, at the moment. Um, in addition, I, I really look at, um, you know, the kind of predictive market, and I think both Steve and Jen uh, touched on uh, predictive as part of their 2014 prognostications. And I look at uh, the predictive market, and it's kind of uh, the ability now to take some of those functions out of the hands of the data scientists, which is everybody acknowledges is a very constrained uh, skill set, 
and actually allow you know data savvy business analysts, so the HR analyst, the sports analyst, the person that's uh, kind of knowledgeable about the data and the industry to take and apply more sophisticated predictive analytics without needing that PhD. And I think that combination of ease of use, putting more information in the hands of those business analysts, more sophisticated techniques without having them Another. have to be PhDs will be the huge trend in 2014. Thank you very much, Jason Rose. Great insights. I'm going to give you each 10 seconds on the clock to give me the buzzword for 2014. Brent Leary, and I'm glad to see, uh, by the way, Jen, Brent is tweeting that he loves your predictions for sports and tech, and he's looking at basis. So, Brent Leary, buzzword for 2014. Go. Speed. All right. Steve Bose, buzzword for 2014. Robots. Continuing mainstream acceptance of robots in the workplace. That's exciting. Jen Cohen-Crompton, buzzword 2014. I'm going to have to go with my theme, so wearables. I say wearables. Terrific. Jason Rose, buzzword 2014. Predictive. Ah, wonderful. I should have known that one was coming. Brent Leary, CRM Essentials. Good luck with the book. you got to come back on radio with me, Brent. It's been too long. Steve Bowes, HR Happy Hour. Keep being happy. Jen Cohen-Crumpton, I want to see more women involved in sports and analytics in 2014. That's what I want you to help make happen. And Jason, and with beautiful wearables, of course, Jason Bowes, SAP. Let's get those predictives, predictions really sharp-edged for 2014 and make it happen. Thank you all for joining me. Happy, wonderful, everything safe, dry, happy, wonderful for 2014 and guess what coming up after the break I'm going to be speaking with J.P. Fennell from SAP Susan Etlinger from the Altimeter Group Sven Conrad from SAP and oh we got Lee Dittmar from Deloitte he called in I'm Bonnie D. Graham this is 2014 Prediction Specials Part 1 can you believe these people the wonderful insights you're not going to get this anywhere else I promise we'll be right back don't even think of touching that anything Brad out thanks guys business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
for coming back. We're nearing the home stretch here on part one of our 2014 Crystal Ball Prediction Special on SAP Game Changers Radio. Joining me in this segment are Lee Dittmar, Principal with Deloitte Consulting LLP and a senior partner in their information management practice. And J.P. Fennell is head of mobile strategy, North America services for SAP. He played a founding role in Mobile Monday Mid-Atlantic. He'll tell us about that if he has time. Susan Etlinger is an industry analyst at the Altimeter Group where she works with global companies to develop social data and intelligence strategies. And Sven Conrad, he said I could call him Sven, leads product marketing for cloud-based SAP HANA Solutions, SAP's leading in-memory platform. Welcome, everyone. Let's get this party started. We've had 12 people on before you. Fast and Furious is the theme. We've got about eight minutes, nine minutes, so it's going to be quick. Lee Dittmar, 2014, what do you see? Give me a minute and a half, and we'll see what we've got left. Go, Lee. Thanks, Bonnie. I think one thing, we're going to see end users determining where a lot of IT work gets done and how services are provided. This hits a lot of topics. It hits cloud. It hits analytics. It hits uh, innovation. And uh, I think what this means is that traditional IT is going to have to make a choice, adopt new ways of working, new ways of thinking, or be minimized, maybe even be left. You know, left on the um, on the platform as this fast-moving train moves down. I think one other thing, there's been a topic that uh, has been uh, attracted a lot of attention. I think people are actually tired of hearing the phrase big data. I think big data mm-hmm. discussion gives way to a focus on information-enabled innovation. The discussion is about innovation. It's not just about the data. It's what you do with it. So I think the combination of these two things are going to make for an exciting 2014, Bonnie. Thank you, Lee. We talked about that in the previous segment. I asked one of the other guests, Lee, if we'd be even using the phrase big data, and a couple of guests predicted that we're going to get away from, wow, look at all this data, now what do I do with it? The question is, what do you do with it? And I like your IEI. Can you repeat what that was again? Intelligence-enabled? Information-enabled innovation. I love it. I love it. We got to get that buzz somewhere. Are we going to get a person in the C-suite who has that title, Lee, do you think? Oh, I don't know, but I think we're going to get... More folks like chief marketing officers and CFOs starting to drive the bus because we're not seeing the IT guys drive it enough and, and push on what's possible. And, um, and you know, all the, all of the companies we work with would say they still have a, a ways to go to be as good at analytics and information management as they want to be. A lot more to happen. Thank you. Good predictions. J.P. Fennell, Head of Mobile Strategy, North America Services for SAP. Welcome, J.P. Go ahead. What do you see coming down the pike for 2014? Go. Well, Bonnie, I'm, I'm seeing the inevitability of Bring Your Own Device or BYOD. Um, I published a GigaOM report. It's only three years ago. It was August of 2010 when what was an early trend I was seeing of employees who were, you know, had the audacity of bringing their personally owned iPhones to work and then connecting them to the company network to get email. And that's something we kind of grin about today, but the reaction at the time from the IT department was usually no. In fact, there was Mm -hmm. one bank on the West Coast uh, in particular who made headlines saying not only no, but hell no, are you going to kind of bring this (laughs) iPhone into my bank as an employee? And uh, they were calling their iPhones rogue devices. Well, (gasps) you know, that trend is now called BYOD. It's no longer a question of if, but, but when. And 2014 is when it goes mainstream. Very interesting. What about BYOD policies? Are they getting to be a matter of business fact for most big companies? And what about mid-sized companies, JP? Are they, are they having to just swallow the fact that employees are bringing their own devices, their own apps, their own everything into the doors, and you got to deal with it? 
Yeah. I mean, BYOD is not going to stop at, uh, at D or device. I mean, in 2014, we're going to see the whole alphabet of BYOX, right? So from A to Z. I mean, you know, A, bring your own app. C, bring your own content. Uh, mm-hmm. Even yesterday, I just was reading about the W. So bring your own wearable or bring your own watch. So companies Very are no longer looking for, you know, device management or, you know, D, but a new new category we're calling EMM or Enterprise Mobility Management that doesn't just manage the device but the entire alphabet from A to W. And you know what? I think the only one they don't want to deal with is BYOB. Remember that one from the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to yeah, show Mad Men. That's, Lots of BYOB going on there. That's called Party Fridays. Yes. Thank you, JP. Hang around. Susan Etlinger, industry analyst at Altimeter Group. Susan, what do you see? Twenty fourteen, talk to me. Oh, I see chaos. I see a lot of a lot of mess. Um, something that I'm calling data disruption. So mm. when you think about big data, and you know, big data is of course an IT term. It's been around since 1999, um, but it's causing a lot of disruption in organizations. It's causing disruption between business and IT. It's causing disruption in organizations who were built essentially as internal-facing organizations in a very hierarchical, almost militaristic structure, to now start to try to understand what's happening on the outside with customers and partners and stakeholders and other kinds of shareholders and competitors and everybody else, uh, the control of the data obviously is now primarily out of the organization's hands, and so dealing with that is going to be a huge challenge. Um, the third thing I see is, or the second thing I see as part of data disruption is not predictive but suggestive. Um, I think that we have, we technologists or we people who love technology have a, a little bit too much of a tendency to see things as binary, uh, that, you know, we've learned something and therefore we can predict the future. And as much as I love being on the show today, um, I would like to suggest, I would not like to predict because I think that mm-hmm. the world is a lot more complex place than we give it credit for. Good so, point. You know, and you can take the most beautiful data in the world and draw the absolutely wrong conclusions as we see in business, as we see in government, we see all over the place. So I believe in, in uh, suggestive, not predictive data. I believe in, uh, organizations need to develop a much better and more refined sense of curiosity. And then the final thing that I see as part of this data disruption is the race to scale. Right now, um, you know, we see this this explosion in data scientists being hired, which I think is a good thing in some ways. When you look at it from an organizational standpoint in terms of scale, you know, adding more smart people to the mix, you know, if, the, the, if it takes one person six hours to dig a ditch, it doesn't take six people one hour to dig a ditch. I think we, we have to get over that problem mm-hmm. by starting to take the technology and, and actually make it work for us rather than against us. So that's, that's what's on my mind. Thank you, Susan. And before I turn to Sven Conrad, I want to ask you, Susan, I was very intrigued by your insistence that we're going to get away from predictive and into suggestive. That's a tough word to sell in the enterprise, I think. We're going to go out and suggest something. We're going to have a chief suggestion officer. And I'm not making fun at all, but I'm just trying to do a reality check. That's a word that's emotionally charged. Let's get suggestive. That's almost an H-R-O-M-G word. I think you all know what I'm talking about. Let's (laughs) start suggesting. So, Susan, is, is there a difference? word. Think about it. Is there a word besides suggestive to replace predictive that won't have that charge of too much casualness? Anything you can think of quickly? 
Well, you know, I'm not suggesting that we, I'm not suggesting or predicting that we, <laughs> that we replace predictive with suggestive. But what I do want to get to is this idea of confidence levels and of saying, you know, yes, we're pretty confident and taking more of a scientific view. So, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, of a glib statement, but I think it's really important to start to, um, to start to paint that picture for people because then they do start to get a false sense of security about the data. Yeah, so it's predictive with a grain of salt and a reality check, a, a side mm-hmm. drink of a reality check. Good, all good points. I, I was teasing you a little bit, but thanks for playing with me. Sven Conrad, I did not forget about you. You lead product <laughs> marketing for cloud-based SAP HANA Solutions. So what do you see for 2014? I can give you two minutes. Sven, go. Okay, I was getting worried. Well, I want to finish this <laughs> with a Christmas story. Because <laughs> week yes. before Christmas. Yes. So imagine, it's not the week before Christmas, it's the day before Christmas. And you're traveling across uh, from coast to coast, and bummer, you're stuck in Chicago or Colorado uh, due to snowfall, and airlines air are scrambling to reschedule uh, passengers, trying to get everybody to their destinations. It's a pretty bad situation, especially the day before Christmas, and it's a mad, mad scramble at the gates. So, what's the solution? Um, the solution will be that airlines have the ability to really use real-time, cap- real-time capabilities. They're just going to press a button and find the optimal rerouting for those passengers. Mm-hmm. And they'll make trade-offs for the rerouting per, uh, per passenger status. They look at ticket cost. They may look at personal preferences. They may look at past routes. And will present the traveler not with his own quest to find a new ticket, but with a list of choices, maybe with an ideal uh, list, with an ideal choice and a secondary choice, to get to their destination in the fastest way possible. In order to minimize the inconvenience, they'll also offer, you know, some incentives. They'll offer you a complimentary Starbucks coffee. They'll tell you where the Starbucks coffee shop is. They'll offer you a spa treatment for the first-class passenger. They say that's on us. Here's the Mm -hmm. scheduling from the spa. Just go ahead and take a time. They may even offer you to buy a last-minute Christmas present at the airport for 50% off. And you know what that will result in? People may arrive five hours later, but uh, they find overall it wasn't too bad. They had some nice look at snowfall in Colorado and got a spa treatment in the last Christmas present and a good story for Christmas to tell. So I think that's the future. That's what we're going to see more and more in 2014. What's the implication for IT for that? There's two major implications. I think the cloud will move more and more into the enterprise. Reason being is that the cloud is, I call it, the Swiss of IT, it's a little bit more neutral. You have to deal a little bit less with a proprietary firewall of one company. You can much more easily model shared processes within the cloud. The other concern that's from the provider point of view, from the consumer point of view, many people will really, really appreciate this extra service. And I think up to the rescheduling point, everybody would. But some people will be freaked out by all this personal mm-hmm. detail that's being conveyed. Yes. And I think there's going to be an advent of additional governments coming from private organizations as well from governments. And it's uh, proven by the point that a popular practice of license plate, license plate scanning has already been banned in the UK mm-hmm. as well as in certain states in North America. Sven, so thank you. Be... We're out of time. We're yes. out of time. Quick, give me a buzzword for 2014. I have to wrap. Talk. One all buzzword. Right. Let me just finish up. My buzzword is results. 
All the good results. You have to turn them into results. I love it. Lee Dittmar from Deloitte. Thank you. JP Fennell from SAP. Thank you. Susan Ettlinger from Altimeter. Thank you. And Sven Conrad. Great story. I want to be on that priority travel list. Guess what? I have a couple predictions of my own. Tomorrow is Thursday. Startup Focus with Game Changers, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Live show. Get this one. A startup's rear view mirror. Oh, if I could do it all over again. I've got three startups, serial entrepreneurs, telling you what their back over the shoulder hindsight 2020 is. And some of them are actually already doing it over again. Next Tuesday, Biz Buzz with Game Changers will be a repeat of our first show called Marketing to Millennials. You don't want to miss that one. And next Wednesday, Best of Coffee Break with Game Changers. I haven't decided what I'm going to play on Christmas Day, but happy, happy everything. Our next live show on Coffee Break will be January 8th, 2014 Prediction Specials Part 2. If you love this one, wait till you hear the next one. Shout outs to Glenn Green, my new manager. Thanks for having faith in me on the Media Channels team. Malcolm Kimberlin, happy Merry Everything and Speedy Recovery. Brad and the Business Channel team, I could not do it without you. I want to thank my 16 brave and smart guests who helped get Part 1 off the ground and running. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Let me do my call to action. We at SAP Game Changers Radio wish you, your colleagues, and your loved ones a joy-filled holiday. And now here it goes. What are you waiting for? Put on your seatbelt. Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for 2014 Predictions on Steroids Part 1. Talk to you tomorrow on Startup Focus. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.